CJ, time is 7.05. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Josh, our last uh, show of the season. Sad, but feeling excellent as summer is just around the corner. It was, it was around the corner, and then it left, and it's coming back. <laughs> it was a bit wintry today, but nonetheless. Uh, and our guest on the season finale is Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito, O'Neill, Gagné & Associates. Terry and Paul, welcome to Today's Entrepreneur. Thank you very much. So Thank we you. usually begin very simply by just uh, telling us a bit about what you guys do. So, uh, Terry, Paul, what do you think? Well, we're a uh, specialized financial planning firm uh, catering and focusing with uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs like ourselves. Um, comprehensive planning using products such as uh, life insurance, uh, group insurance, uh, and the various strategies that we uh, are able to incorporate with those products. Now, how long has... Don Vito and Eel Gagnon Associates. We have to come up with a shortened version yeah. of that. <laughs> how long has the firm uh, been around, and, and how did it get started? Well, the firm itself has been around for exactly uh, nine years. Um, both uh, Pat Don Vito and my Pat's been in the business for over forty years. Myself, over twenty, and about nine years ago, we decided to open up our own shop and uh, kind of uh, control uh, all the facets of our business, as opposed to being uh, a salesperson in a, in a large corporation. So uh, that was nine years ago, and the evolution of our business uh, has brought Paul Gagne into our, uh, into our operation about a year ago, a year and a half ago. And uh, as of today, we've turned from Don Vito O'Neill Financial to Don Vito O'Neill Gagne and Associates. And if we add another partner, I think we're going to need to uh, change the name because it's getting too long. It's, it's already pretty long, but, but still good. <laughs> when you were first starting out, I mean, was it, did something trigger it? Did you go in with eyes wide open and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm done working for somebody else. we got to start our own, but now we got to figure out what the first steps are. We have our own name out there. It's not a large insurance company behind us. Yeah, the... You know, Don Vito O'Neill Gagne and Associates, it, it, it's still our name, and that's one of the conscious decisions we made because what we've done for the last 25 years, 45 years, and 25 years is build our business based on our reputation, our integrity, our professionalism. So when we decided to go out on our own, um, eyes wide open, we thought they were wide open. Um, one of the, the challenges of, of going into your own operation and, and uh is that you have to wear a lot of hats. And uh, for us, that was probably, as much as we thought we were covering all of our bases, the last nine, 10 years has been quite interesting on that level. You're in an industry with a lot of very big players. Uh, is it hard to sort of break in when, you have, when you're up against some very large corporations? Well, again, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I think that our competition isn't the big corporations and the big players. Um, our competition is the boutique specialized organizations that do unique things and creative things for very specialized markets. And yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of competition in that space also, but um, with our experience, our professionalism, uh, some of the unique strategies that we've developed over time, we compete very well. But it's a day-to-day -day, uh, competition. We always have to be watching. We always have to be growing, building, changing, adapting. So uh, uh, we've enjoyed uh, the process. Um, the banks, uh, the major corporations, they're not our competition because our clients look for and appreciate one-on-one -on -one specialized service. Did you start out with a business plan? Absolutely. Um, we had quite a bit of support and help uh, in the early stages. Now, both Pat and I and, and Paul for sure, but when Pat and I came together, 
we had a fair amount of business experience to begin with, but knowing, and, and one of our strengths since day one has, has been to know what we don't know and to find the, the, the expertise and the specialized help that, that to rely on them and their advice. So we had, we had a fair amount of advisors when we started. We certainly had a business plan. Uh, we used uh, the Covenant Group as, as, as a, um, uh, a strategy or, or a process to help us get started and to, to look at things that maybe we wouldn't be looking at. So yeah, uh, I think that we, we really spent time in uh, the foundation of our, of our operation. Did you stick to this plan? Uh, like, well, First of all, what was the hardest part in preparing it? Was there an area that you or Pat were a little less comfortable in that you kind of had to really dig down deep to say, hey, we really got to work on that part of the plan? And have you stuck? did you stick to it, at least within the first year or two? Great question, and I would say that, yeah, um, the plan was comprehensive, and yes, we really stuck to it, which was uh, a major reason why we were able to both um, grow and continue to grow to this day, is that we're planners. That's our nature. So when we rely on other people to help us plan, uh, we know that the implementation of the plan is, is really everything. And what we do for a living and part of our success is in... in, in um, insisting or, or certainly monitoring that the plan that we put in place gets implemented and we were pretty respectful of the of the advisors that we had around and making sure that we implemented what, what they were suggesting you know you, you you leave this this large company environment to start out on your own now this environment this business is highly regulated a lot of compliance how do you as a small firm starting out deal or cope with the the, the heaviness of all that compliance? Another good question because it brings one of the challenges of being a small operation and being an entrepreneur is that uh, with all of the different hats you have to wear um, and in our industry compliance is a very significant part of what we do and uh, we take it extremely seriously. Uh, our, our business, our operation since day one has been built on the integrity and the honesty and the trust that we are able to connect with and, and give to our clients so um, the compliance world that we live in is a reality we support it we welcome it because we do things properly so if we do things properly then the compliance stuff is, is fine it just reinforces to our clients that we're transparent they can look at us we do what we say we say what we do uh, the, the the amount of, of regulations that are out there I mean you guys have been in business you know individually 25 to 40 some odd years uh, with, re with regard to Pat even though your business has only been around nine years have there been major changes in the industry from a compliance standpoint what's been the hardest thing to kind of get over that hump and, and reporting and the peers and whatever it, it may be it's uh, it has a lot to do with uh, staying on top of the new stuff so it seems like every um, every six months they're coming out with something different so oh, one 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 time it's this rule then you got to do this rule and it seems to be always changing so for us you have to stay on top of that and it's almost like a, an evolution of process where you're always trying to stay with them instead of uh, this is the way it's done five years ago and we're doing it this year it's not the way it is so is it hard to keep do they change the rules often yeah, they do. It's uh, probably on an annual basis or something new coming out that they're saying, uh, we've got to do this, we're going to do this. And, and it's all geared towards public protection, which is great. It's just we have to stay on top of that. And there's a challenge there. 
which means there must be professional development requirements as well. If you go, if you don't keep up with the knowledge, they could maybe take your license. Absolutely, and and we have as part of our team, uh, our, our 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 team uh, includes the Lise Forte, Maria De Blasio, Joanne Thompson, obviously Paul, myself, Pat, and our associate advisor Jamie Roche, and we have. Maria and Joanne, who are very much responsible for one staying on top, two making sure all the boxes are checked. <coughs> excuse me. Once our business is done, and making sure that year over year that anything that changes, we're on top of it. We want to be ahead of that curve. Um, it's it's part of of our philosophy. Um, it probably isn't surprising to say it, but um, not everybody spends and is focused as much on it as we are. Do you have to? Ha are you subject to? peer reviews or anybody in the industry coming in to check your files? Absolutely, and it's something we can actually request. We have a compliance department that we can ask, say, we voluntarily have you come in and pull uh, four files, six files, whatever, from each each uh, of the reps or the partners, and then they'll go through the files and give you a grade and, and give you a score and tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And Clearly a, a very highly regulated area, Dan. I mean, these entrepreneurs have to go sell, but they also absolutely have to stay on top of their business to make sure that the industry follows them, the peers are okay, and they follow all the rules. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the family side of the business, as there is a relation somewhere between Pat, Terry, and eventually Paul. Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito O'Neill Gagné & Associates are guests this evening on Today's Entrepreneur. It's 7.15. CJAD 800 Traffic, here's Kira Yeager. Well, at uh, Curbs on... For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Coming up to 721, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller on Today's Entrepreneur, and our guests this evening, Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito O'Neill Gagné & Associates. They are insurers. And uh, guys, there's a bit of a family aspect to your business. Tell me about that. Uh, yes, there is. Um, this uh, coming together nine years ago was uh, with uh, myself and Pat Don Vito, who is also my father-in-law. So uh, we had uh, we've known each other for a while, obviously, and uh, from a business point of view, it was a very, very easy, uh, an easy match. Um, philosophically, integrity, uh, all of the basic things that uh, that Pat has and, and I have were were a natural fit. Had you guys been working together prior to opening this up? Because you have similar, you're in the similar business with similar backgrounds. Were you working for the same large company prior to? We were working for the same large company and working out of their corporate offices. So uh, obviously uh, cross paths every day. Um, but as we mentioned earlier, we decided at one point that uh, our clientele, the clientele that we were focusing on and, and working with required special things and different things that uh, we couldn't necessarily give them within the corporate structure. So we decided to open up our own operation and uh, it was it was an easy decision uh, sitting down and just uh, going through some of the basic stuff that you'd want to talk about when you're looking at uh, partnering up was all very very straightforward it was all natural and easy. A mutual decision or did one person push the other one? Uh, I, I think very much a mutual decision. Uh, it was just uh, the right time and the right circumstances for both of us. Did you need approval from the rest of the family before you got together? <laughs> we, we, had, uh, <laughs> we had advice from everybody. 
and uh, as you can imagine, uh, you know, going into business with uh, with family can uh, sometimes bring uh, various challenges. And uh, you know, you hear some nightmare stories about uh, the Christmas dinner and people aren't talking. But uh, we're ten years down the road, and uh, we're talking over Christmas dinner. Can you guys separate family and business, or do you bring business into family occasions as well? You know what? We really can. Uh, we haven't talked a lot directly about it, but from just naturally. Uh, we do spend a fair amount of time, obviously, outside of, of the work environment, and uh, very seldom does, uh, does business come up, and uh, never do issues come up. You know, if business comes up, it's talking about some success we had, and we're, we're kind of celebrating it together, but um, although we never had to really talk about it, we just knew that that probably wasn't the right thing to talk about at the wrong time. And then a number of years in, you kind of brought in a non-family member. So when we come back from the break, we'll kind of hear about that experience and Paul will uh, tell it all as he enters the Don Vito O'Neill family. Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagne of Don Vito O'Neill Gagne and Associates are guests this evening on Today's Entrepreneur 723. Hi, I'm Patrice Brisebois. Wanna be- For professional advice with a touch consult fuller landau chartered accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com today's entrepreneur our guests are T- terry o'neill and paul gagne of don vito o'neill gagne and associates insurers and uh, josh we're talking about the family aspect of the business uh, certainly a lot of uh, you know issues there but then we have the non-family member coming in and uh, and that sort of changes the dynamic a little bit uh how as far as sort of uh you know divvying up the responsibilities um, is do you guys work more as as a democracy? Do you make decisions as a group, or is is one senior partner? Does he have the last word of something uh, if there's a disagreement? It, it's really a democracy. We've agreed that uh, we we all come to the table if if somebody's got an idea, a complaint, uh, a concept, a strategy. We come to the table, we discuss it, and uh, depending on the price tag of the idea, it's going to be a democracy of majority or. If it's a, a big item, big ticket item, then we're gonna we're gonna want all three people on the same page. Now, Paul, not being blood to come into this this firm, uh, what was was there an issue? What was the biggest challenge? How did how did you? Because it seems like it. How did you kind of ingratiate yourself and become that family member? Um, well, I, when I started in the business, Pat was in the business uh, as well, and he was a senior rep in the the company, and uh, so I've known Pat as long as I've been in the business and I've respected Pat and what he's done and uh, then he decided to partner up with Terry and I, I, I know that I've known Terry for a number of years as well and uh, just from their experience and, and the way they do business I was very comfortable in, in jumping on board and, and hearing what they have to say um, and in the beginning I, my first thoughts were you know it could be them against me I'd be outvoted all the time at the beanies two to one because they were family and in the end, uh, it's not that at all. It's exactly how I, I would have thought. It's all, uh, Did you all ever, on the same page. So you never felt like an outsider? No, absolutely not. Did you do your a little bit of due diligence before you got into this partnership? Do you kind of say, well, I, I kind of know these guys, but am I, do I have to check them out any further? Um, to the extent that uh, just my personal experience with them and... Uh, so not really. It was more just my experience with the two of them. Terry, did you, did you guys have a hazing for Paul, like when he first came in? Uh, was it really you just kind of hit the ground running, or were there certain areas you had to kind of make sure you ironed out uh, before you started? 
Well, I think we're still working through, you know, the, the, the different things that come up from time to time. It was it's a very natural fit for all of us. Um, we certainly sat down and, and developed a, a partnership agreement. So we formalized um, the conversations we were having and uh, it doesn't happen. But if it ever happened where we were kind of wondering, you know, what to do, we'd be able to refer back to that document. And uh Hazing wise, well, we uh, certainly um, came in or when we, we were talking with Paul, we had uh, a plan as to how we would add partners and uh, we went through that process with them. And uh, like Paul was saying about us, we have, you know, we had the same relationship and understanding about Paul that, um, again, on a very foundation, on, on, on a philosophical point of view, uh, we were all the same. Thanks very much. And, and I think even though it's a small business, Dan, entrepreneurs still have to go through the shareholders agreement or partnership agreement. And in this partnership, what I'd love to explore next is how do they operate? Are they one firm? Are they sole proprietors? Do they eat what they kill or will they really share? Let's find out a little bit more when we come back from the break. All right. Partnerships Nick, coming up next on today's entrepreneur, Terry O'Neill and Paul Gani of Don Vito O'Neill Gani and Associates at 730. Let's head over to the CJAD newsroom with the latest. Here's Kelly LaPerry. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau on our last show of the season. And uh, for our last show of the season, we welcome Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of uh, insurers Don Vito O'Neill Gagné & Associates. Uh, this is a family business uh, targeting sort of, uh, um, you know, not the big corporations necessarily, but the sort of um, the smaller ones, uh, smaller companies, smaller uh, businesses. And uh, Josh, uh, this is a sort of a quasi-family business? It is, but it's really interesting because they're coming from large corporations to make this smaller entrepreneurial type, uh, type business work. And I guess I'm wondering, coming from, you know, you, you, were, you were all employees of a large company, you were kind of all on your own, working for yourself, making sure you basically ate what you killed, is that the expression. What about the firm today? Where do you stand on, like, how do you operate as partners? And, you know, not, not telling us, you know, how you're sharing the profits, but how do you work as a partnership versus being those individual or sole practitioners, if you will? Um, basically, uh, it, coming from that milieu where we're all, uh, like you said, eat what you kill, we're all individuals uh, running our own businesses, um, and then coming together, it's been a, it's been a challenge. Um, not learning to work together, but just trying to work together, finding out what the other person's strengths are, uh, capitalizing on that person's strengths, and bringing into the situations that will add something to the. Uh, for, for it'll add value to the client. It'll add value to us. Uh, it'll make us look good. Um, it's been a challenge, and that's that's the goal of, of coming together. One of the goals of coming together was to to form a firm. You know, we always hear about the accounting firms and the law firms. Well, we want the to have the insurance firm. Is that a philosophy, Terry, that you and Pat kind of shared or tried to bring out when you were starting, and over the last of the kind of seven or eight years prior to Paul joining you? Yeah, it was. Um, it's easier said than done, unfortunately, but uh, it's it's uh, again it's a it's a pillar of what we're trying to establish going forward. It's it's a it's you know when we started, Pat uh, having been in the younger than than me, um, there were some challenges on trying to really come together from A to Z on a 50-50 basis. So we uh, started with what was easier, which would be the operating company and the marketing, the advertising, and some of the the, the basic stuff about our business, and then. Over the nine years that we've been together, we've been striving to become 
real partners from A to Z. And uh, having Paul join us uh, in the last little while, um, that evolution continues. That's um, so when we when we talk about criteria to admit another partner, um, does that do you kind of have that philosophy in mind? You want to be the one firm versus saying, "Hey, let's find another silo guy that's just going to kind of add numbers to everything." What what criteria? What's kind of the first or second most important criteria when you're looking to bring in another partner? The number one criteria is the um, the personality, the philosophy of the person. Uh, we are not going to be interested in bringing in a block of business to be another silo that makes our company look bigger. Um, we are more interested in um, building something that our clients are going to recognize, appreciate, and value, something that's going to be here long after we're gone. And uh, we are in that transition stage where we're trying to figure out the formula so that we're building some per something that's going to be bigger than just us. What's the limitation to your growth? I mean, when, you, when you're thinking of growing, there's organic growth. There's a lot of entrepreneurs say, okay, we'll build from within. And then there's a number of them say, you know what, maybe we just need to acquire that business from the outside. What's been, what's kind of your philosophy or thought process on, and are you limited in any of your growth? I would say it's really the, the individual uh, that's limiting us. We have to find the right fit. Uh, that's not easy. There's uh, there's three partners now. We have one associate with us, and we've got to find somebody that's going to fit with everybody. Is there a limit limit to the number of clients any one individual can handle? Certainly with all the regulations in, in place. There, there's a limit, and then it goes back to what is it we're trying to do? And what are we set up to, to succeed in? And what it is, is is not a large number business. We're in the business of looking for specific clients that can benefit from what we do. We get to know them extremely well, and we work with them comprehensively. So we don't look to add hundreds of clients a year. We actually look to add no more than 10 or 12. And because of that number, we're able to give them and support them not only today, but going forward, everything that they're looking for in this special relationship that we're trying to, to build. Now, how do you find those clients? Let's talk marketing for uh, a quick minute or two. What's your best source of customers that are coming through the door, and what has worked best for you over the years? Um, there's different ways. Uh, word of mouth is probably the best uh, referral out there. Um, talking to people that and, and asking them it's, uh, to come out and ask them for the referral to somebody similar to them. And uh, something that I've done that's a little different is I've engaged a, a telemarketing firm. And basically, they're going to make calls to that business owner to set up meetings for me and in my target markets. Do you find that is, is online, does that work for you? Website, social media, is that something that, that really hits your business at all? Not at all. It's really not in our, our target market is not going to be on those uh, social media sites. Um, we've, it, those, those sites will support us as, a, as an entity. So we have a website. We, we don't have a Twitter account yet, but we want to get a Twitter app. We don't have them. They're going to support us, but they're not really attracting and, and drawing business to us. Terry, do you have that same experience? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, just quickly, I couldn't emphasize enough that our number one uh, advertising marketing piece is the clients that work with us. The clients that really understand what kind of work we can do, and we really appreciate um, them supporting us. And then the second thing is we, uh, the social media stuff is great. I think it's uh, it's great for our exposure. It's a reconfirmation of who we are. Our website will we'll, we'll do that. But again, our business is one by one by one. 
the people that introduce us are the ones that understand what we do and there's there's so much value in that so yes we need to be there no it's not a big part of how our business is going to grow now as you look forward and we think succession and you've mentioned uh, pat before and he's sitting in the control room uh, smiling out at us uh, as he uh, hangs on every word that you guys are saying but from from a succession standpoint and a firm growth standpoint what are your what are your next goals what do you look to next is there a plan for 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 the perhaps the older generation i wouldn't want to call them old uh, but the older generation is there a plan to continue and and go forward again the thing about our structure is that the 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 senior partner my father-in-law <laughs> pat don vito yeah, the experienced, uh, the experienced uh, partner unlike a lot of family businesses or businesses in general where they would be anxious to get the other guy out because he's controlling the environment he's using old ways of doing things it's the opposite with us uh i hope and, and i know paul will say the same thing that we, we hope that he sticks around forever uh his his mentorship is is is, is um his presence as part of our firm uh, is only a benefit to us. So, yes, we're preparing ourselves to make sure that if something unexpected happens to one of us, our business and the clients that we serve will be taken care of. But um, if Pat decides he wants to, to do other things, that's great, but it won't be coming from Paul and us. Just before we hit to the, the next break, Paul, I had one question. Because you've been part of this firm now only for about a year and a half, give or take. If you had to look back, is there anything different you would have done or some knowledge that you've gained in this process you'd apply going forward? Um, I don't know if there's been anything different that I would have done. I've enjoyed the, the merging process, but I think there's some, uh, some, uh, I, uh, there's some knowledge, as you said, that I would have liked to have had going forward just to prepare for. Um, and a lot of it has to do with uh, tax and legal issues that coming into a firm and uh, share structures and uh, tax uh, issues that come to the table that I had no idea um, would be this uh, complicated and uh, take this much time. And so I, I would have liked to have known that, not that I would have changed it because I'm thoroughly happy where I am, So, but it would have been like to know that. Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito, O'Neill, Gagné & Associates, our guests uh, tonight on Today's Entrepreneur. Coming up, we'll uh, bring in, uh, we'll talk a bit of taxes. U.S. taxes. U.S. taxes, taxes yeah. And uh, coming up, uh, Ernie Furt will be uh, along to talk about U.S. taxes. Uh, but first, 745, CJAD 800 traffic for Gibby's. Enjoy a delicious dinner at Gibby's Restaurant. It'll for professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people on Today's Entrepreneur, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau, and our guests this evening, Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito, O'Neill, Gagné & Associates. And we also bring into the conversation Ernie Furt, tax partner at Fuller Landau. Welcome back, Ernie. Thank you. How are now, you today? Good. How are you? I'm well. So we're going to take a look at uh, some Canadian businesses now who have uh, business in the States, but who may not be filing taxes in the States and uh, why they m maybe should start paying attention to that system a little bit. And I think, you know, and I think when we get there, it always starts with the individual. It always starts with a shareholder, the Canadian individual that, uh, that has some serious filing requirements and they may or may not know it. So we'll turn to Ernie and say for those that, that need to file in the U.S., what are the challenges? What are some of the things they need to know? First of all, they have to realize they have to file in the U.S. There's a lot of people who are Americans living in Canada who have absolutely no clue that there's a filing requirement in the States because any U.S. citizen is required to file a personal U.S. return. It doesn't mean you have to have a U.S. passport. 
it doesn't mean you have to have a U.S. passport, but a lot of the times when people clear customs and they, they go with their Canadian passports as place of birth, says USA, and the customs agents will ask why you're not traveling on a U.S. passport. And you say, well, I don't have one. You know, I was just born in the States, etc. They're not, you know, sometimes they get into, have you filed tax returns or not? And that's where I come in. Because if they haven't filed tax returns, they have to. So what we do is we gather up their information and file tax returns to the U.S. government. They're saying, well, I have never filed before. What do I do? Well, there's some programs that are available to people who haven't filed U.S. tax returns, who have been away from the United States since before January 1, 2009. There's a streamlined approach where effectively you can file tax returns for three years or even four now, it's four at this point in time, plus special forms that report foreign bank accounts, etc. And if you don't have a big liability on the U.S. side, which is a liability of less than 1500 bucks after foreign tax credits, you won't have any penalties to incur. So that just gets them on side and, and, and helps them in their compliance, and then they're good to go. Is it basically taking all your Canadian income and reporting it in the U.S., or are you only reporting certain aspects? Well, what you do is you take your Canadian tax return, and we kind of turn it into an American tax return. We have to work with U.S. laws, so however certain things are taxed under U.S. law, uh, that's how we have to use it. Let's say, for example, somebody has something called a tax-free savings account. That's not tax-free in the States because it's not there. People also have RRSPs. Those aren't deductible in the United States. However, the, the income earned on those RRSPs is also not taxable until you withdraw it. So there are certain forms that you have to file for that. Uh, we have other programs like RESPs, Registered Educational Savings Plans, that they have to be reported in certain ways also in the States. Our capital gains system taxes capital gains at... 50% or include, includes capital gains and income at 50%, while the U.S. system includes them at 100%. So you have to take your Canadian return and turn it into an American return and, and, and just work with U.S. law. And, uh, you know, they have, like, I, I had a situation this year where somebody actually, who is an American citizen, moved back uh, to the United States and they sold their home here. And they were, they sold their home, they did, they, they had a nice gain on the home and for Canadian purposes that's not taxable but for US purposes only the first $250,000 that I'd gained was uh, non-taxable and the balance was. Ernie Furta, more on US taxes on Today's Entrepreneur plus Tara O'Neill and Paul Gagne share their one piece of advice for Today's Entrepreneur. Hello, Montreal. Donnie Wallace for Budget Blinds. 30% off anniversary special. Free consultation. Free... For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur with Terry O'Neill and Paul Gagné of Don Vito O'Neill Gagné Associates and Ernie Fur, tax partner at Fuller Landau, talking about uh, declaring income if you're an American uh, to the States, which you have to do uh, if you're an American citizen. Now, if you don't do it, Ernie, and I, th I think a lot of people who are American probably don't, um, what's the penalty? The penalty? There's many penalties. Uh, and they're violent and abhorrent most of these penalties. <laughs> uh, Welcome to the IRS. One of the penalties for failure to file the, the, the foreign bank account forms could be up to $10,000 per form, and Oof. sometimes could be even higher. 
uh, other forms, you know, I'm not going to mention form numbers, but each, each one carries significant penalties. And that's why they have these voluntary disclosure things, so you can kind of avoid those penalties by, by, by coming on board and answering a couple questionnaires, filling out the forms properly, and, and, and doing, doing it by correct procedure so they can get rid of those penalties for you. And at the end of the day, you'll become compliant and the IRS will be happy. And you're not going to owe a diamond tax, really, at the end of the day. So buyer beware. And if you have any possibility of filing forms, you better get on it. Because as we all know, governments are searching for lots of money and will take it anyhow and anywhere that they will get it. Thanks very much, Ernie. And as we approach uh, the end of the show, we'll look to Terry and Paul and ask them, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? I think what, uh, first and foremost, my advice is to enjoy what you do. Have fun at it. Uh, It comes out in everything you do in your day-to-day. And stay committed. Uh, There's going to be all kinds of things coming at you from different uh, angles. Uh, Work through it. Stay disciplined. And uh, keep a smile. Thanks very much, Terry. Paul? Um, I agree with exactly what Terry said. Uh, all those points are valid. The only thing, and I've read this some, I read this recently. I thought it was a, it was a great co- uh, quote. Was your uh, your I can is way more important than your IQ, and keep that in mind as a business owner. That's very interesting to hear. Thank you very much, guys. And Dan, as uh, as we finish up another season, uh, there's so many and so many different lessons to learn. Uh, but I must say that the couple that really come out, and you, you hear it a little here with uh, the Don Vito, uh, O'Neill, and Gagnon associates, is don't stand still. Reinvent yourself. Never stay on your laurels. Never just think you have a single product or service that will last generations to come. You must continually challenge yourself, challenge your business, challenge your people, and stay on top of what the market does. Because when you're a first time coming out when you're bringing something new to the market that's when people will come to you if you are stale and dated then they will not and the second point that i'll end with is entrepreneurs they have great ideas but hugely important to stay on top of your business don't let everybody else know part of your business know every single aspect of your business and challenge people comes back to challenging people and making sure that you have the right people around you all sharing great ideas and everybody will be a success after that and i hope everybody has enjoyed this great season uh, i know i have i think dan that you have as well and i look forward to coming back real soon Thank you very much uh, all the uh, past episodes by the way at your at the website flmontreal.com uh, and josh have a great summer and you too dan this is news talk radio cjad 800 good evening it's eight o'clock I'm 